close your eyes and don't try to hide Or a silly spook place it by your side Shrouded in a dark disguise They pretend to terrorize When we boast about the social Welcome, foolish mortals. You have stumbled into the graveyard and discovered the Grim Grinning Guys, Walt Disney World Planning Podcast. We are your ghost hosts this evening. I'm Matt. I'm Derek. I'm Craig. Please stay calm. The room is not actually stretching. Go ahead and pull down on those safety bars because we won't be doing that for you. Happy Monday to you both. Guys, how are we doing today? Good, I guess. <laughs> That's outstanding. Well, I'm doing wonderful. This is going to be fun. Thank you for Thank you for asking, you Matthew. You guys have our own summer break. You're welcome. We are. And I'm on the one one month where I really can't do anything except be around. Because it's packed. Centerville. Because <laughs> camp is packed. <laughs> it is. Matthew, how are you today is a question. I am dandy. I am uh, still recuperating from a trip we just got back from, but at the same time, gearing up for a trip to Walt Disney World here in just a couple of weeks. Man. You just so, uh, never home. I'm broke. Yes. <laughs> Have no money left, but lots of memories. Absolutely, and it, I mean, it, I mean, it really. If you if you go into debt, isn't it worth it? Oh yeah, as long as you get the memories, <laughs> you know. After some shenanigans here, uh, let's get down to business. Today's milestone episode one hundred and thirty-one. Man, <laughs> one hundred, one hundred and thirty-one. Craig and I. Uh, just a few days ago, got back from a trip, a non-Disney-related trip. Whirlwind trip. And uh, if you'd followed us on Twitter, you saw a few updates here and there. We didn't post a ton. Uh, but we were gone for seven days and six nights. And Craig, where did we go? All over the eastern part of the United States. We went, started out, flew to Boston. Then from Boston, we drove on a bus to uh, New York. New York City? Yep. From New York City to Philadelphia. The Big Easy, they call it. That's, that's no, not no, it. That's I'm the, sorry. The, the Windy Apple. City. The Windy City. Big Apple. Oh, the, the Big Apple. Apple, yes. Then we flew to, excuse me, we drove to uh, Philadelphia, and then from Philadelphia to the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Oh, Washington, D.C. And then we flew Music City, USA. <laughs> we flew back home to Music City, USA. <laughs> that's right. We did. Yeah. So, yes, we... Uh, ten uh, states. We were on the ground in ten different seven states. Days. Uh, and so, yes, uh, there was Craig and I and 53 other people. On of our trip. closest friends, yes. 55 oh, sorry, sorry, Derek. people. Uh, as, as you know. I didn't even get asked. I am a, <laughs> next time. Next time, I'm sure Sissy will give you her spot. Uh, as you all know, I'm a school teacher, and this was a trip that we started planning in November of 2017. And about 40 of those 55 were high school students, uh, and the rest consisted of Craig, myself, my wife, our children, Craig's family, uh, a few more chaperones. But uh, it was a whirlwind educational field trip, I guess you could say, uh, after our school had let out. But as we were there, Craig and I kept talking, Derek. Mm -hmm. And we kept talking about things that uh, either our tour guide led us to do that we said, oh, we wouldn't do this at Disney. Or we advised him to do things because we thought, okay, this would work at Walt Disney world and a lot of you know people ask us all the time craig how can you talk for 130 something episodes about walt disney world but really what we've learned from planning walt disney world vacations and traveling there so much has carried over into other parts of our life 
to allow us to enjoy other trips, wouldn't you say? Not mine. Uh, not your, not I, Derek's. I mean, life mimics Disney. And, and if you, you figure out the shortcuts. Uh, or Disney mimics life. Um, you figure out the shortcuts? Go yes. ahead. I mean, you figure out the shortcuts and, and it makes quicker, makes it easier. And, and other people are looking silly because you're speeding through. You can almost call it Disney life hacks, I guess you Yeah, say. I like that. So, Derek, <laughs> yeah, we're going to let you ask us some questions I here. I don't even know where you're wanting to go with this. I'm Disney World in the real world. Well, Derek, let me ask you this. My, my, is there, well, my you, questions won't come until I hear you All right, let's just start talk. from the very start, uh, getting on the plane, getting like on, the, to on the bus. There. Uh, and let me say this. For those of you out there who think planning a Walt Disney World vacation is a big ordeal, plan a trip for 55 other people to get through airport security and places it'll seem like a walk in the park. So, if We actually did plan a trip for 30-something people to Disney, but not all at once. Yes. Uh, so, Craig, what you, you going to say? I was just saying we could start out from the very start of the trip and kind of work our way through and kind of point out little things that jumped out at us about that kind of went along with Disney. Okay, so we start out with 55 people checking into the airport. Well, you just we all met uh, at the airport to get in line to go through uh, to go through security, which again you you have to get there a couple hours early, just like you're going on the Disney yep. trip. Uh, you get through security, and then you sit and wait for the plane. Uh, it's Southwest, so everybody's up for grabs on their seats. Yep. So y'all were like half the plane. Yes. Yes. But we were all seaboarding. Yes, we were all, <laughs> we all back got of the plane. That was great planning. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the only people that got the very front was Sissy and the kids because yeah, family boarding. Family boarding. And I will say this: we didn't plan all the itinerary. Uh, travel company Explorica, outstanding company. If you're into that sort of thing, uh, Antonio Tour Guide. Yes, they they planned the trip for us. It was just us getting there, handling the logistics, preparing the kids. Uh, but planning Walt Disney World vacations for our family. And other families, it certainly made the planning of this trip easier because we had familiarity with how to get through airport security, and we had familiarity with what to expect and traveling can, on a charter bus and things like that. We can even back up even a little bit further. Matthew has had several meetings with those going, and a lot of the itinerary, all the things that Matthew laid out, dealt with what we do on a Disney trip. A Disney trip taught us how to pack. Now, I did not tell our students and chaperones to pack an over-the-door shoe hang. And I think it's a big mistake. I yeah. saw or I a s- rain suit. I saw kids struggling the whole time. They needed a rain suit. Well, yes, it, maybe. Yeah, the ponchos didn't make it. Well, you need a rain suit, and then people were struggling. <laughs> going, what do I do with my shoes? And shoes were piled up all over the room. It was awful. That did not happen, but <laughs> we can pretend it did. It was chaos. So, I mean, I think you know. Obviously, Disney planning a Disney trip. It helps you, at least it's helped me in our life. Anywhere I go now, I try to plan uh, to prepare for what I want to see. When I get there, what do I want to see? What do I want to make sure that I do? And so it, how does Disney World planning translate to the real world? I think you know, people talk about how Disney World planning has become something you have to over plan for. But I think it helps you plan other trips. Derek, Craig, you want to speak to that? Has it helped you, either of you? This one being done by another organization did it help you set priorities? It did. Because, I mean, a lot of times with Disney trips, you have to set priorities because you can't see everything. Right. So you have to prioritize. And, and I, I think you really have to plan on the priorities, though. Too. Yeah. And I think one thing that I, I've told many people if we did this trip again, you know, we tried to cram four major cities into seven days. I would probably do it. I would probably do two cities. Maybe really? a Boston, New York. 
And, and one thing that we didn't realize till closer to the time to actually go on the trip was that, you know, the, the company had sent me this itinerary, but you could, you could really make it your own. You know, you could change, you know, we, we didn't have Fenway Park on the itinerary, but we worked it in to go see it. We didn't have Central Park on the itinerary, but we put that in. So there was Is some flexibility. Huh? That's where you were? That's that where picture? we were. I oh, think okay. that picture on the I wasn't very helpful on my guesses. No, on you Twitter. Were, you were very, very, very off, bad. Clingman's yeah. Dome. Yes, yeah. it was not Clingman's we Dome. We were, it was not Angela Lansbury's house. <laughs> 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 was from Hocus Pocus. Yeah, you were uh, way off. Times Square. Thanks for guessing, though. Uh, but, but I mean, it did allow us some flexibility to, and, and we may travel with this company in the future. I can say that because my wife's not listening. But <laughs> we may, tr- and, and I will be looking more for flexibility and making the trip my own. And it, I think. I think when you go to Disney World the first time, it's like, we've got to do this, 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 this. Right. And when you go back, you kind of have an idea, okay, we want to spend more time doing this. We want to slow down. Because that was probably the biggest negative for me of this trip was we were going boom, boom, boom from one thing to another and didn't have a lot of time. Like, oh, here's Central Park. Here's, you know, Times Square. And and our, our tour guide was very, every night before we got back to the hotel, asked, all right, here's our itinerary tomorrow. What do you want to do? Is this okay? And Matthew, and I think this was a very good sign of, of Disney planning, he kept wanting to move everything earlier. Yes. And it was a very good idea. When we went to Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty, but we, it was just packed. Matter of fact, the line to get on the ferry at Statue of Liberty was the longest that our tour guide had ever seen it. Yep. Well, we were there about 10, 11, 12. I mean, so... So, so Disney World has obviously helped us in planning other trips in terms of preparing. Uh, you spoke right to what we are going to say next. Go early... Go early, go early. Uh, we were on the second, the first ferry left to Ellis Island at 10 a.m. Uh, we got there a little before 10, but there was already a lot of people there. And so we had to wait for the second ferry, mm-hmm. which wasn't for another, so we didn't get on the ferry till 1045. After that, we kind of encouraged our tour guide, hey, let's leave about 30 minutes earlier than what we were scheduled to leave. And it's just like, you know, if you go to the zoo, if you go to any amusement park, if you go to any sightseeing, you know, you want to get there early. And I learned that from Disney. When we used to go to theme parks, Kings Island or Dollywood or Holiday World, we would show up and we'd wait in lines because we didn't get there when it opened. Right. And, you know, as you said, we waited an hour to get on a ferry boat to get back to Manhattan uh, after we saw Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we we were kind of stuck with the crowds. You know, we we talked about going to Disney World. You want to get ahead of the crowds before they catch up to you. We were were with the masses. And uh, New York was a little overwhelming because of that yeah we were in uh just for the for our listeners we were in Times square on friday night of fleet week yes with 55 of us it was memorial day weekend and boy it was it was packed uh from the you know central park was packed everywhere we went was just crowded with people uh we went to the top of the empire state building and it was enjoyable uh but a lot of you know teenage kids were a little overwhelmed who were from a little rural area and a lot of that was because we were kind of playing catch up a lot of those days. Everything was packed except for the end of our trip. We'll say more about that in a few minutes because yeah. of some changes we made because of yep. Disney. Something else I noticed, Matthew, we were in uh, going into the Smithsonian. We got to the Smithsonian because of some changes we made yep. early. And uh, we were standing at the door, and everybody was lined up. There was another tour group coming, so I looked at those with me, probably 15 or 20 of us going to this Smithsonian. I think it was Air and Space. And um, I said, here comes the tour group. We need to get in line. Well, the, our kids automatically went and got in line behind everybody else. And the door to the right was completely nobody was standing there. Yeah. And I said, y'all, come over here and let's get next to this door. And they kind of looked at me like, well, can we? And again, that's just a Disney thing you learn is you don't have to get in a line because everybody else is in line. There's a completely open door right here. 
And that's it wasn't even marked anything special, it was just another door, but nobody had lined up there. Yeah. And that's one thing I kept trying to get across to our young our kids was we were walking fifty five people through the streets of Manhattan and they wanted to like get in single file line. I was like, Look, you can go four or five wide here, scoot on up, scoot on up, scoot on up. We're conditioned to just get in the line. And yeah. uh well, but, we're taught that in school. Yeah. I mean line up, you know. Uh, but we, you know, we were we got to the Smithsonian's, the National Mall, you know, half an hour before they opened, and some of the kids were like, "Why are we here so early?" Well, we were the first ones in the building. We got to enjoy the National Mall in Washington D.C. a little bit, and there wasn't anybody around. It was it was not crowded. The Smithsonian's weren't, weren't uh, that, that crowded. That was on Memorial Day. Yeah, and that was on Memorial Day. So we spent a, a little time there and and left. Uh, well, go ahead, go ahead and tell about yeah, the the big thing was you know we had planned to go to Arlington National Cemetery on Memorial Day. <laughs> Derek is shaking his head no. And so we talked to our tour guide, Tony. We said, hey, what if we switched going, because we were supposed to, we had a U.S. Capitol tour scheduled at like 1130, mm-hmm. and we'd planned to go to Arlington at 9. We thought, with traffic, there, there's no way we're going to make it. So we flipped that. Uh, turns out there were 400,000 people at Arlington National Cemetery on Memorial Day. They do it. They do a concert. Yeah, a concert. even though that would have been fantastic for the kids yep. to see, they really didn't miss, because we got to see, luckily, the next day, we got to see the change in the guard, and they placed two wreaths on the on the uh, tomb of the unknown soldier. So uh-huh. they got to see exactly. It wasn't it wasn't the vice president they doing didn't it. Tell you who that was? They no, no. I've, I've seen the secret. Um, <laughs> oh, you have. There's there's several actually. Derek has high level of government clearance. There's actually somebody not not anybody from Vietnam anymore, but there is from Korean War, World mm-hmm. War II, unknown soldiers. Little fact. And, and the day after Memorial Day, when we went, we told our tour guide, "Hey, let's leave." We left about 45 minutes earlier than he had planned for. And we got there, and he said, this is weird. He said, I've never seen this few of people here. And it was because we got there early, and we went the day after a holiday. And I'm thinking, this is like going to a park on the day after a morning extra magic hour. Everybody had gone to it the day before. We saw it the next day. And the kids, you know, it wasn't Memorial Day, but the kids had a great experience. We had a great tour. There wasn't many people. And, of course, for those of you listening who have been to Arlington, it's a very humbling experience uh, and we weren't just swamped with people, so and we wanted the kids to experience that. That we wanted really to, to feel out that the uh, JFK's uh, grave. We wanted yep. them to really experience that and really see that. So this was a great opportunity rather than trying to do that with four hundred thousand other people. And we knew to do that because of what Disney planning. Yep. So that I mean that was the big thing. And you know I know going to the Nashville Zoo. We've done it too. Get your tickets. Pre-order your tickets. Going to Cincinnati uh, Kings Island. Yep. I mean going to Cedar Park. Oh Cedar. Cedar Point. Cedar Point. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, there's security at all these monuments that we went to. You know, so you're so obviously Disney helps you be familiar with what security procedures is, are like, you know, what to put in your bucket, that sort of thing. So, Derek, how about you? Have you had any real world experiences that you, that be, helped, uh, your Disney planning helped benefit you? I, I've not taken a non-Disney vacation. In, <laughs> That's true. In five years. That's true. Uh, so, something else. Sorry. And I, this is kind of separate and apart from the, from our trip. You know, I don't. I used to never make dining reservations. I'd go to downtown Nashville without even thinking of booking a something on open table or anything like that. And now, I, I pretty much won't go anywhere unless I have a reservation. Uh, there's been times you and I, Derek, went to the movies and tickets were sold out. Mm-hmm. I, I never just show up to a movie anymore. I get on my on the app and I. Pre-order my tickets. But of course, you're an AMC Stubbs member. Yes, on the list, <laughs> the A-list, the A-list. Let him in, gentlemen. But I mean, I think, I think that's the way the world is moving. 
if you go to Empire State Building or Rockefeller Center, you need to have a timed ticket to go yeah. up those. They have a standby line, but you can get in with no wait if you have a pre-scheduled time. Well, and just going anywhere in in, uh, in D.C., uh, if you talk to your congressman and plan far enough ahead, you can go to the White House with background checks. You can go to the U.S. Capitol for a, a more behind-the-scenes uh, with background checks. I mean, there's several things you can do if you just plan ahead. But, uh, again, it, it always amazes me. To this day, people will show up at Disney and have no idea. First of all, because they don't listen to Grim Grinning Guys, which is a huge mistake. Big first mistake. Off. But secondly, because they just show up and expect, well, and I hear more people, people that we know, say, I would never go back to Disney. I hated it because it was crowded, you know, <laughs> all this stuff. And that because they just showed up and expected just to get in and, and ride some rides. And I heard plenty of high schoolers say, I'll never come back to New York City because now I enjoy it's just a different New York piece. City, but but it's almost for me it's claustrophobic just because of all the buildings. If you go to New York uh, City, people go without fifty other people in your yes. party. Just <laughs> but we will take you this. and your family. If you are in New York City, you need to get tickets and go see King Kong. King Kong the musical. It was fantastic. It put the frozen sing along to shame. And you would you will not see uh, the First time I've ever seen technology like that used on Broadway as yeah. far as the way they did that. That was it was it was interesting, unbelievable. Our, our young people enjoyed it. Yep. It, it was yep. like a Disney level production. Yeah, uh, in terms of the puppetry, it was it music. was almost like Finding Nemo. Okay, it was except with a large gorilla. Yes, a large angry <laughs> gorilla. <laughs> they had the puppeteers working it just like they do in Finding Nemo. Something like that. Yep. Yes, or Nemo and Friends. What what's that called? Is it Finding Nemo? It is the music. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Derek, you have any questions? How was your dining? I knew what? he was going to ask about that. What? what? Derek's asking about food? <laughs> How did y'all plan um, for that? Well, the breakfast dinner was included in the cost of the trip, uh, which breakfast was just continental breakfast at the hotel. Dinner, you know, it's one of those things, again, if we go again, I'll probably up the cost for the travelers so that we can eat a little. Ni- I mean, it was fine. It was kind of like kind of, of, it was kind of like a quick service meal that you'd have at Walt Disney World. A whole lot of chicken. Yeah, we had rotisserie chicken. We had Brazilian style chicken, <laughs> uh, chicken fingers. Uh, we didn't eat it like McDonald's and things like that in those places, but but it was it wasn't exactly. We didn't get. It was like on level with Disney quick service. Yeah, it we, wasn't fast food, but it wasn't right table service meals. Uh, one thing I wish we'd done is eat more locally, like you know, eat what people eat when they go to Boston. Right. Eat what? Which in Boston you could do that, but. And we made uh, sure we got a Philly steak in Philadelphia. Yes, we, you know, when we stopped for Carmen's. lunch, we tried to give them several options. Which one did you go with? Carmen's. It's where uh, there's actually a president picture of President Obama. We didn't have a chance. Uh, place Matthew and I were. We didn't from. have a chance to go to Gino's or Pat's. We no, were in a, no. a terminal with a bunch of different dining options. And that was kind of neat. I've, uh, you know, being from Middle Tennessee, we don't see as much of the indoor market indoor marketplaces, which is really neat. Uh, of course, we've been to. Uh, uh, Quincy's Market uh, in Boston, and and had ate there before. And that was that was a great experience. And then we also did that in Philadelphia. Uh, that that was called uh, Reed Red was Reading Terminal. Reading Terminal. Yep. So we got to do a lot of that. So it really interesting. You know, the food was fine. Yeah. Uh, you just you know a lot of times you're just we, we were moving so quickly so we didn't have any sit down. Uh, well, I mean, uh, our dinners were sit-down yeah. meals, oh, okay. but the food was not what you would expect from a Burgers and things like that sometimes, yeah. pizza. Sloppy Joe and mac and cheese. Now, that was good. But we did have, our, wow. the, we did have our own lunches, but again, the lunches were mainly in food courts. Yeah. 
So quick places, uh, but, but I mean, we were moving so quickly. So it was no, it was really no planning involved in the dining, really. Well, well they, I mean, they planned out. The, I mean, they they did, but it wasn't. They reserved the restaurants. Oh, okay. They, the food was prepared when we got there. So and like Matthew said, if we would have paid extra so much more, we'd have been in the next tier, and probably the meals would have been more, uh, you know, New York New York style pizza or, or just something along the line. Again, this was. I equate that to the first time I went to Disney World, I got the meal plan, dining plan. Didn't think anything of it. And, you know, we've gone through that plenty for our listeners. You can go back to feast or not to feast. So, so that was your mistake. Uh, but, I mean, but I didn't know. And and this time going into it, I was like, I didn't know where we were eating. And, and that goes the same for the hotels we stayed in. Yeah. If you paid more, you, you just we were, we were usually about 30, 40 minutes outside of town. Had we paid more, we would have been right in the heart of... Of Manhattan. And speaking of hotels, Craig, let's oh, get here we uh, go. let's talk a little about what Disney does in the Disney world that maybe you don't get in the real world. Uh, well, first of all, you not get breakfast. You get an absolute. It may be a <laughs> an all star resort. They, a, they don't give you continental breakfast. No, they right. Don't, they don't. Uh, it may not be an all star resort or Pop Century, but it is Disney standard. It is going to be nice. It's going to be bug free. It's going to be smell free. It's going to be. Uh, just up to, again, not probably not the highest class, but it's going to be a great, great place to sleep. Yep. And, you know, our first, we, we stayed in three different hotels. The first two were fine. We got to the third hotel. Uh, I'm not going to go into the gory details. Don't, don't say the name of it either. No. Know. But uh, I want to say the name of it. <laughs> but, uh, let's just say it was not up to standard that the first two hotels had set. Uh, this was in the Fairfax area outside of Washington, D.C. <laughs> And let's just say one room had multiple pro- We had three rooms that ended up uh, of students that ended up having to move rooms uh, for various things. And, you know, at Walt Disney World, if something is not up to par with your room, let's say there is uh, a bug in the room. Mm-hmm. A bug? No bed bugs, just a bug. Okay. You know, Disney World's going to make that right. They're going to upgrade you. They're going to give you extra fast passes. They're going to give you a gift card. They're going to do something mm-hmm. uh, other than just say, okay, hey, here's a different room. Well, uh, and let's use it for instance. When we took a group from our church, uh, we had one that they got there and their reservations had been all messed up. Didn't even have a room. So they gave them three or, or was it more than that? Extra fast Three passes. extra fast passes every a day, day. And a $500 gift card. Yes. Anyway, like I'm hoping to find something in my room at Disney World. Like, <laughs> I'm I bringing want, bugs with me. I want something to go wrong <laughs> so that I can get those extra kickbacks. But it just adds to the fact that it makes me want to all the more stay on Walt Disney World property. I will, if I, I'll never go to Orlando and think about staying in a, a value hotel outside of Disney World because, I, you know, Disney, you know, they're going to, if something's wrong, they're going to make it right. And, you know, that's something that a lot of times doesn't translate to the real world. Yeah, the, I mean, things were fine where we went, but the, the hospitality was just not what we're accustomed to uh, at Disney World. You know, we I went to the lobby to explain the situation. One guy was on his phone. The other lady was just like, oh, okay, here's a different room. It's like, okay, uh, you're not going to, whatever. But you, you, you don't run into that at Walt Disney World. They make things right and... Uh, yeah. Well, and, and they appreciate it all they time. understand it, and we all understand this. They understand they don't. All right, to Disney, Matthew Dodson, he has a problem. He may not come back. Disney nor- should say, "Who cares? We got yeah. millions, millions of dollars. We yep. got more." But they don't. But you go to a hotel like that, and they're like, "Eh, so what?" They you want know, you back. Yep. You're, you're a tour company. You're going to be here no matter what. So you know, just deal with it, kind of thing. 
And, you know, I think this whole Star Wars thing that they're doing, it's not going to bring in anybody. No. So uh-uh. they probably need us to come back. <laughs> that was a joke, Derek. I'm a jokester. You are. Oh, let me say this, too. I gained an appreciation for the audio animatronics at Walt Disney World after a visit to the Salem Witch Museum, <laughs> which, which, no pun intended, which featured... Oh, tch- uh, Wax figures that have not been updated in decades and bright lights. Uh, they, I don't know if they're wax. I they think did not. Bro- I think they're mache. They did not move, and I think that's part of the niche. I think that's what makes it cool. The museum portion was. I loved Salem. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sa- we you went. We scared. No, not at all. I even went on a ghost tour. There, you did. And, not uh, by Boy Scout Troop Five Twelve. It was kind of kooky. It, it, <laughs> it reminded me of some of the haunted mansion, but. Uh, yeah, it was very... It's time to close that down and, and do refurbishment. As I put on Twitter, I got to see the Hocus Pocus house. A couple of buildings from Hocus Not Pocus. Not Angel Lansbury's. Not Angel Lansbury's, which is a Disney film. I do I do love Murder, She Wrote, by the way. <laughs> For those of you <laughs> listeners that are looking to get Derek that perfect Christmas present, a Murder, She Wrote <laughs> DVD package could do the trick. Um, but, so... Yes, Disney, uh, and we kept saying they need some audio animatronics like Walt Disney World. Yeah. It can knock that museum. Disney, and that's maybe that's the other thing we need to talk about. Disney just spoils you. I mean, you expect okay. so much from everywhere else you mm-hmm. go. And, and and the thing about and Disney's always constantly updating things. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the things we saw in Salem, especially, has not been updated in no. a long time. And uh, you know, Disney goes above and beyond to make sure the quality is up to the standard that we've come to expect. And. And the, uh, again, here's a funny thing. And we, we went to see the Liberty Bell at the Constitution <laughs> Hall, and it was uh, there's a lines miles down the road. So we was like, ah, we can see it at Disney. I mean, yeah. that sounds we terrible. did say that. We can see the Liberty Square. <laughs> I mean, uh, but but, but no, there was probably a two to three hour wait to wow. just take a picture of the Liberty Bell. Yeah, and we just didn't, you know. That, <laughs> but that goes to what you, we're just not going to wait that long. No. Uh, no. But we have to say the trip was fantastic. The history, uh, again, it's just humbling when you go to Vietnam veterans, the Korean War Memorial, uh, World War II, the uh, uh, Holocaust. When you go through all those museums, it just kind of humbles you. And, of course, I'll see the memorials, Washington uh, Memorial, the Jefferson, the Lincoln. Went through the uh, Capitol, went through Smithsonian's, went outside the White House. And I will say that Craig... Craig just kept asking about Tom, I'm sorry, uh, Mark Twain and Ben Franklin. Yeah. I, like, why were they not up on the Liberty Bell My flame, question was. Or the Statue of Liberty flame. On the on the facts about <laughs> the Statue of Liberty, it says since 1913, the flame has been closed. Well, I've got a problem with that because Mark Twain and Ben Franklin are on the flame, at the flame. Multiple times yes. a day. So I'm, I, don't, I don't I don't think that's true. I think that's they put some false completely facts. Completely understandable. We saw Ben Franklin's grave. There was no mention of Mark Twain. No, I confused. They were best of friends, evidently, and hung out together. It makes I, you think I Disney got something that. wrong. Yeah, to be honest. So they need to check their facts, or history's wrong, one or the other. But it was it's funny, you know. And and I do this with Sissy. Anytime we travel anywhere, I'm always saying, "Well, Disney would be different doing this, or we should have done this like we do at Walt Disney World." One thing that just popped in my head: How was your transportation kind of city to city? Or? It was great. Uh, we rode a charter bus. You know that was that was my favorite part of the trip is we didn't have to worry 
about parking, how we were going to get from point A to point B. We didn't have to navigate a GPS. We walked about 13 miles a day on and off. Yes, but I think. We, but we had a, our bus driver would pick us up at certain spots and take us other places. But in, a new, in New York City, you want to walk as much as you can because mm-hmm. it's a lot faster than traffic. According to my Fitbit, over six de- seven days, I walked 58 miles. So it's like Disney in that regard. Yeah. Um, but still not as many steps as I usually take on average per day at Walt Disney World. Correct. So, uh, you know, I heard one of our students say, I think we were waiting in line for the Statue of Liberty, uh, the ferry boat. And they said, man, this is like Disney World. I said, no, this is worse than Disney World. <laughs> because if it was Disney World, we could find a way to navigate around it. We would not be waiting this long. Uh, but it's just funny how much how much we're conditioned to think Disney in places where... But, but no, the, Derek, the transportation was awesome. And Good. it's one thing we didn't have to worry about. And, uh, you know, our tour guide played music that we wanted to listen to. We did not force the bus to listen to the Grim Grinning guys. Not one time. So, Ooh. They're, they're loss. That is. So those are a few ways that Disney World has translated over to the real world. Craig, can you think of any more? Derek, do you have any in your life? I, t- I told you. Uh, Disney did help prepare me for pushing a stroller through crowded streets. <laughs> uh, but you didn't have anywhere to park it. Yes, Disney. It made me appreciate. You know, a lot of people give stroller parking a hard time. Mm-hmm. You go out to these monuments. There's no stroller parking. You just have to lug that thing all around. Uh, in fact, at the top of the Empire State Building, we asked one of the guards, "Hey, can we leave this stroller right here while we go out on the observation deck?" He said, "No." So we stuck it with a teenager and said, "Hey, watch this." <laughs> a teenager we knew, but that's yeah. good. A lot of things Disney does well that people take for granted. Uh, it's not happening out there in, in other places. With that being said, listeners, we thank you for listening to us relive some of the parts of our trip. It's now time for a segment we like to call Grim, Grim, Grinning, Grinning. Greatness. Greatness. I got a good one today, gentlemen. You've got it, okay. Speaking of traveling to other cities. Oh, do you have one? No. Speaking of traveling to other cities, if there was one city in the United States that you think Walt, that you think the Walt Disney Company should open a theme park, where would it be? Because there's been talk throughout the years. You know, Walt talked about opening parks up north. I can't remember the exact cities. They were actually going to open one in D.C. Um, yeah, Washington, D.C. And, I, and, you know, those plans have changed for various reasons. Where do you think would be a good city in the United States to open a Disney theme park? That's an interesting question. I think in Nashville. Oh, wait, you answer first, sorry. <laughs> No, go ahead, Craig. Why Nashville? Because we live because we live here, yeah, yeah. and because our plan is no longer there. And Nashville's growing, yes, at an alarming rate. Yes. Derek, do you have an answer? I didn't. I didn't think of one before I asked the question. I, not a specific city. Probably, I would. I would lean more towards Texas. Well, it, somewhere kind of in between California and Florida. And you know. The reason Walt picked where he picked is because of the weather. Right. So it'd be hard to put it anywhere too much north of, of Florida or Texas would be great. Well, here's a crazy idea. I'm going to say Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Walt was a fan of history. And there's, of course, a lot of history in Philadelphia. Uh, it is the sixth most populated city in the country. And I'm not talking like downtown Philly, you know, outskirts, more like a suburb. Uh, and I think they'd make it an indoor theme park. Put a huge dome 
around the whole thing and make it an enclosed structure. Walt Disney World Arena Park. I don't know. Arena Park. That's a crazy idea. But I'm just thinking there's, you know, all the, all the parks are, you know, you got West Coast, you got, uh, you know, the, the South in Orlando. There's nothing up north, the Midwest area. A lot of people who probably would go to Walt Disney World more often if it was closer. And I think, you know, it'd be a gold mine, gold mine for the Disney company. <laughs> I have mine. a gold mine. I, I think. It's um, gold. So we got Nashville. I st- we I got st- Houston. I still think D.C. Is that what you said? Uh, Texas. El Paso. El Paso. <laughs> and Philadelphia. I still think D.C. is a good. I mean, I, I don't know why they backed out of there. I mean, I think that's just a natural fit with the history yeah. and the. Um, I can't remember what they were going to call it. Too political. That, that's what they were going to call it. Too political. Too political. That's a weird name for park. I think it I know is. they closed it. <laughs> Listeners, where would you put a Walt Disney World park? In my backyard. I think listener Nick would probably put it in Cersei. I believe you're right. <laughs> Listeners, we thank you for joining us today. Tell us, how has Disney World helped or hurt you in the real world? Uh, other than your bank account, it certainly hurt our bank account <laughs> quite significantly. Uh, but you, we thank you for letting us relive our, it wasn't a recent trip rundown, it was sort of. You know, what does D- Disney do well that other places don't? And we thank you for listening so much. Guys, Doesn't- anything? Huh? What does Disney do that other places do not? Donut? Do, do, don't? 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 don't, don't donuts. Pre- Sorry, Craig. <laughs> Doesn't? Craig, you got anything else? I just want to say uh, just another good shout out to Explorica.com. Uh, yes. Very, very well run, and especially our tour guide, Tony, and our bus driver, Linda. They were fantastic and uh, just a good company if you want to do some planning with travel. They do... Not necessarily just those cities. They do all over the country and, and different things. And any teacher friends out there who may be interested in planning such a trip, uh, contact me, grimgrinningguys at gmail.com. I can give you a referral code, and uh, we can help each other help each other. And the other good thing about the trip is you got points. Uh, yeah, professional development professional. points yep. for teachers. Yep. So That's there's that. Yep. The kids loved it. I mean, we had... They uh, loved getting us professional development. No, no, no they loved the trip. They, they, <laughs> they did. Were, and and Matthew, matter of fact, they're already asking Matthew about the next one. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe a trip to Walt Disney World. That's what we need to do. Yep. <laughs> Derek, you can chaperone. Absolutely. As you leave, be sure to beware the hitchhiking ghost and hurry back. If you would like to join our jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. Mortals pay a token fee. Rest in peace, the haunting spree. So hurry back, we will.